Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. done every job in the house, he may as well do that, it's one of the, one of the last boxes to tick. Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, um, as I was doing this message, um, I was realising that um, what, what God has done over the years, and I, I just, I'm just amazed. I am truly amazed um, of God's handiwork in our lives. So, Father, we come before you right now and say, God, we are amazed of our salvation. We're amazed that we've been saved. We're amazed, Lord God, that you found us and retrieved us and that we acknowledged you and that your spirit came to us and regenerated us. We're born again. We're new creatures in Christ. The old, the old stuff, the old nature, that old stuff, that old stinking thinking, that's, that's gone. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, that we can understand the times in which we live. We can understand why we're married to that person we're married to. Maybe you're trying to work out your marriage in the secular, in a, in a normal mindset. Maybe you need to know why God's placed that partner in your life. Maybe you need, need spiritual revelation again. <laughs> Maybe you need to know why you got saved. Maybe you need to know why you're in this church. Maybe you need to know why you're on the Central Coast. You know, the enemy loves to scatter. You know, for a long time, everyone was going north, going to Queensland because they hit a wall or they got frustrated or they thought going to Queensland was going to be the answer for a long time, didn't they? I'm going to Queensland because I'm tired of losing the, the football. What do you call that thing? State of origin. I'm over it. I'm relocating. But you know what? that doesn't work. The Bible says where you planted, you will prosper. Where you planted, you will prosper. Sometimes you've got to plant yourself in your business, in your marriage, with your kids, with your family, with your church. And you need to say, Lord, let these roots go down. And now I pull up all the sustenance, all the nutrients, all the, the good stuff, Lord, shine on me. Let me bear fruit, Lord. Oh, God. I was trying to do it. I was like a tumbleweed, tumbling into town, tumbling out, dry as a bone. Lord, help my roots go down deep on the central coast. Maybe you're here from another nation. Maybe you're here from another state, another region. I, 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 I encourage you, let your roots go down. Be present. Don't think about some mystical future. Don't think about the past. Think about now. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Father, bring me to now. Help me be present now. I know that soup smells great. Ooh, fresh bread and soup on a day like this. But Lord, bring me to now where I can take the Word of God in, where you can again speak to my heart and bless me, 
revive me, fill me, teach me, train me, anoint me again, Lord. Jesus, I pray, let this message be life-changing. Let it be absolutely life-changing. And the saints say, amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap, maybe. Yeah, give the hand clap to the team, too. They did so well the other night. And uh, appreciate it, guys. Fantastic. Vision Build is always a special time of uh, coming again to the realization that we need God. <laughs> we need God in our finances. Um, we need God in, in our life to, to, to lay hold of that which God has propositioned us with. And I'll get into that later. But there's, there's a few, there's, there's some powerful, I've got to do this line by line too also. Uh, bless the podcast listeners and I will try and um, just a little bit go line by line and, and extrapolate some powerful truths. Uh, the principles and the power of vision. The principles and the power of purpose. The principles and the power, these um, suicides, uh, famous people, help me with that. What is going on? Uh, but, but there is a purpose that's worth living for. There, there is a vision worth living for. So obviously I'm getting the, the revelation that money is not the answer. The fashion designer sold her company for $2 billion. So, so m money is not hanging on to money and, and not allowing it to become a, a part of the economy of God is not the way. Having a big heap of money in the bank and resting on your laurels in the security and the comfort in that, obviously, we're realizing by the famous people that, that are obviously found themselves so dismayed, despondent, and downcast, obviously, that is not the way. It is the vision that God has for you and the purpose lived out in Him. Is that right? So you come to church and you realize, oh my goodness, so this is more than just my, my spiritual, um, I guess, uh, my, my spiritual quest to know God and, and to know that He's true and real. We ask those questions when we're young. How does the world go around? Is there a God? What makes the world go around? And then you get into conspiracy theories, you know, and, and, and then you can get off into tangents. But it's a great day when you realize God is. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything is held together by Jesus. Everything is held together by God. You, my friend, are held together by this molecular structure of your body designed by God. Even scientists are getting saved now because they're seeing the, the intelligence, the pattern of life in the study through their telescopes and, uh, I mean, their microscopes. Uh, they're, they're realizing this is, this is beyond comprehension. This is beyond, um, you know, chance, some accident, some... This, this, this is some, something's behind this. Father, we thank you that that we're here on purpose on this earth, that we're here on purpose. And so you come to church, and then you hear things like vision. Help me with that. Well, there's power, there's principles, and there's power in vision. Well, Disney, he's nearly done, but he's still dreaming. And he's sitting there on his chair on that big, large property he had purchased. And when the banks, 60 banks said no, but... By faith, he went and kept on, and he secured the and created this Disney empire. And he's sitting there, he's of age now. And the gardener comes up and said, Mr. Disney, everything all right? Uh, he said, yes, no, I'm just looking at my mountain. Well, he was just staring into space. The gardener could see he was just staring. Well, Mr. Disney, he died. Walt, Walt Disney died. And a young man got up at the podium at this uh, official opening of... Um, of this particular um, uh, attraction. And um, it was actually, uh, help me with this, guys, Space Mountain. Space Mountain. And the young man got up and he's, and he's 
he's sad and, you know, he said, only if Mr. Disney had seen the completion of his vision of Space Mountain and he's waxing lyrical like that and everyone's, what a shame. Well, the widow got up, the wife got up and said, excuse me, but young man, I appreciate your sentiments, but actually uh, Walt did see it. He saw it in his mind's eye and that's why it's there. That's why it's there. And uh, so, young man, sorry about that, but that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the way it is. Walt did see it. That's the way it is. And so, we saw, God saw you. God saw you saved. God saw you in this church. God saw you on this planet being very useful in the master's hands. The Bible says you're like an instrument, like, like an instrument of righteousness. Another, another uh, Bible scripture says in Corinthians, you're, you're a vessel, uh, a holy vessel, a vessel, uh, you know, sacred gold like silver poured out to be designed to be so magnificent. And, and we're not just, just any old thing. We are, we are a vessel that can be filled with the world or we can be filled with God and we can be poured out. We can be poured out through our service to the house, to the church, to the kingdom, and we can be poured out uh, in our offerings. What a great offering we took Tuesday night, and uh, we took a seed offering towards Australia Awakening, Awakening Australia, and that was fantastic. And so we're constantly realizing God desires me to contribute and let me go down that road as I um, share you a couple of uh, truths, but stories also. So welcome to Vision Builders Month, and uh, we want to share about how we got here. We started in a school hall 22 years ago in a dusty school hall. Aren't you glad we're not in that dusty school hall now? And uh, we, 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 God gave us space, and God gave us time, and by faith that arises, we secured that which God gave us. He said, there it is, there's 11 acres of land. What do you think about that? We drove down here. Someone actually saw it and said, I saw this land, rickety old fence around it. There's a couple of horses in the paddock. And, uh, but you know what? Looks like, looks like you could build a church on it, this person said. And uh, I, I came down here and I went, oh my goodness. This is, this is quite a nice piece of land. There was a dam where the car park was, a uh, couple of horses and, uh, oh, it was really run down, just grass growing everywhere, rickety old fences. And, and I said, you know what, I think, and a for sale sign out the front. And I thought, this land, God could possibly be pointing this land out to us to possess the land. A lot of the narrative in the Old Testament is possess the land, that we're the head, not the tail. When I, when I got married, I said to Jules, we'll live in a caravan for two years, save a deposit, and, and then we'll buy a house, because that's what my parents did. They lived in a caravan, I think, for a number of months, and I thought, that is a, that's a commendable thing to do. That's real pioneering stuff, Ev. Live in a caravan. Well, three months later, after living in a car caravan in Leppington, Liverpool, after <laughs> some wild... Um, drama in living in a caravan park and um, uh, I, I took a wrong turn off to church and went down this road and down this uh, well presented suburb new houses there was one house it was the old country house left in this um, uh, suburb and it was a big willow tree out the front rusty roof uh, tin roof weatherboard house and all lo lovely brick homes all around it with a big for sale sign out the front. And I, and I thought, there's a house I can afford. This was in 85, of course. And I got home later that night and I said to Jules, I think I saw a house we, we may be able to afford. And of course, I, I hate to tell you this, young people, but, but that, I hate to tell you this, but the house was uh, $48,000. Uh, $48,000. So, uh, there's a lot of money, trust me, in those days. A lot of money. And you needed 10% deposit. And you know how much 10% of 48000 is? 4800 
So just to rub it in, just to rub it in. Pay waiver. <laughs> well, actually, we gave a check to the real estate. We gave a check by faith. We didn't have any money in the bank, but we knew we wanted that house by faith. And, and, and what God had said to us, uh, lay hold of it, claim it, claim it. And so we filled out a check, $100 check, and uh, we put a deposit on it, and then we cashed in everything we could. 1 Corinthians 15, I shouldn't have said that to the young people, that was, that was a low blow, wasn't it? 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing, that be con knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord, that your labor in the Lord is not futile, it is never wasted or of no purpose. Or it could read like this. This is another version. I'm not quite sure which version this is. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the word of the Lord, always doing your best, being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. Purpose. God's a God of purpose. He made you on purpose. He made this world on purpose. God is a God of purpose. Amen? Can I hear an amen? You are designed and you are wired. You may not understand why you are like you are, but if you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and show you and inform you and allow good Bible reading to shape you, to mold you, you will realize, oh my goodness, I am like this on purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. So Vision Builders is an invitation to join us in a credible vision to reach our, reach our region for Jesus. Together, we give with faith, sacrifice, and commitment, and we display the love of God through the church. This is what we do. And some of us have been on the journey for quite a while, and we've accomplished what we've accomplished through faith, sacrifice, commitment. Amen? Some of you are new to vision builders. And, and, and you will feel, you will feel the, um, the weight, but no, the passion of this message because it's how you build your life, but it's how you take and lay hold of your inheritance. Spiritually and physically, we need to lay hold of that which God has, has um, positioned us for. It won't come by sitting on your laurels. It comes by tenacious faith, an impassioned plea, a prayerful heart, and a guts and a grit and a perseverance to lay hold of your best life. Amen? That's how life works. Look at Nadal. He's the best tennis player in the world. But he says, I never go on the court thinking I'm going to win. I have, absolute, I have absolute respect for my opponent, I've done my best, I've worked hard, I've perfected all my shots, but I go on the court knowing that anything could happen. He's not resting on his laurels. He's super fit, he's absolutely in tune with, you know, his body, and he goes out there, and of course, the guy is just, he's from another planet. We have discovered that God seekers always become God builders. It's like when you catch God's heart, you want to build the kingdom, you want to build the house of God, and you want to build the house of God because it's a sacred place, it's a place that God has given us to bring people to so that they can be nurtured and loved, it's like the pasture of His love, this church, it's not just a building, well, why can't we just meet in the school hall, you know? Why are we paying all this money for them? Why do we have to commit to vision, Bill? Because you deserve better. And because in the trial of faith and the challenge of God propositioning you the land to lay hold of, your faith will be tested 
and through, through a challenge, almost like a crisis of faith, a crisis of faith now, am I up to it? Can I do it? Do I want to do it? Am I with these people or not? Someone said, talked about UFOs. Un, uh, how does this go? Unidentified, let me get this right, unidentified, no, I'm not talking about the real, unidentified, <laughs> let me get this, UFO, unidentified freeloading observers. <laughs> That's true, I did not say that, did I? <laughs> That's a cheeky pastor I sort of subscribe to, Ed Young, he's so cheeky. Only he could say that. I mightn't have gotten away with it. Unidentified freeloading observers, UFOs. Now, we don't have UFOs here. We have people that love the house, are committed, and, and we, and, but you've got to be taught. You've got to understand. Otherwise, you can't commit if you don't understand the principles behind it. So that's why we like to teach on this stuff. That's why we like to teach on this stuff. The greatest thing about vision builders is that every one of us can be involved in building God's house. And we say things like vision builders is not about equal giving, but equal sacrifice. What we can build is limited or unlimited based on our ability to form together. As I said, we're celebrating 22 years of living this great adventure of seeing the hand of God on our church and miraculously amazingly providing for us, like Jehovah Jireh does, providing for us, being in fact our keeper. Jacob said, if you be my keeper, I vow to give you my tithe. Remember he said that in Genesis 28? Because God said, I'll be your keeper. I'll be your keeper. Wow, do you know what that means? When you're sick, when you're down and out, when you're, when you're struggling, that you can believe God is your keeper. That when you send your kids to school, yeah. that God is their keeper. Yeah. That when you send your wife for a job interview and she's in a, an environment where you can't be there and God is her keeper. Yeah. Do you know what that feels like? And Jacob said, if you be my keeper, you know what it's like to be a young person? When you've got to buy a house that's not 48000 but it's 480000 God is your keeper. God is your keeper. Do you know what that feels like? And Jacob says at the last of that chapter, chapter 28, I make a vow to you that I will give you a tenth. I will give you a tenth of all that I earn. And that's why last week we had to start with the foundation of our financial world, we've got to give. Actually, we don't give it, we pay the tithe. We pay it because it's like a, I hate to say this too, but it's like a tax for the kingdom. How else would the church be sustained worldwide if we left it to people in when and how they would give by their feelings and, oh, look, I'll just give a little. No, it's done by this powerful principle of the tithe. And that's how the church exists. And that's how it flourishes. And when you do that, God is your keeper. Some people say, Pastor Phil, why can't you come around to my house and visit me? And Well, if I did, I'd ask you three questions. I'd ask you, um, how's your marriage? Are you tithing? What's the other question I would ask? How's your kids? Before the tithe? Three questions. And they say, oh, no, we don't need a visit. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all right. It's, it's cool. Because if you get me in your face, I will bottom line you in trying to help you realize what is your solid foundation to live from. Because, see, when the Bible says in Malachi, if you don't give, you will be cursed, it doesn't really mean that God will curse you. The proper interpretation of that really means I will be restricted in helping you. So never allow someone to think that they will be cursed. God's not into cursing people in the new, in the new dispensation of grace. 
in these days, all right? But when you come to that word, and God will curse you in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, thereabouts, it's really about, and I will be prevented from really doing what I need to do for you. I will be restricted. That's the proper interpretation of that word curse there. So don't think, you know. So we used to sing this song, History Makers. And I found, somehow I found another lyric of another song called History Makers. And I thought, I'll I'll read this one out. It's, It's awesome. Can you hear my heartbeat, tired of feeling never enough? I close my eyes and tell myself that my dreams will come true. There'll be no more darkness when you believe in yourself. You are unstoppable. Where your destiny lies, dancing on the blades, you set my heart on fire. Don't stop us now. The moment of truth, we were born to make history. We'll make it happen. We'll turn it around, yes. We were born to make history, born to make history, reborn to make history. But I I love this version. This is the song that we used to sing. So this is very stirring. It's the band Delirious. We used to sing this song in the 90s. It's talking about praying and making a difference and being a church. Yeah, I love this. Turn it up a little bit. I think the people is can it true it. today? Is it true today? That when people pray. That when people pray. Cloudless skies will break. That the skies will break. Kings and queens will shake. That kings and ki- queens will shake. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. I believe. I'm living for you. Ooh. Is it true today that when people cry, yeah. we'll see death rise? See the dead rise. And the blinds are free. Yes, Lord. Okay, thank yes, you. Yeah, true. awesome. I love that. It's quite stirring, that, isn't it? It's actually in our DNA to make history for Christ's sake, to give Him glory with our life and make Him known. I preached this message some time ago called uh, Call to Grace, making, uh, meaning making the greatest possible difference with the rest of your life. You know, like there's a restless in people that there's got to be more. You, you find this in even born-again believers, get to a place where they go... There's got to be more. There's, there's got to be more. It's like this holy um, ah, discontent. Thank you, Julie. A holy discontent. Who feels a bit like that? I got saved. I know God. I'm in church. I'm enjoying it. But there's got to be more. There's a restlessness. Of ones crying out, give me more, give me something that matters, something that will matter forever. I like this. There is a dimension of you that cannot be fulfilled by anything that will end. Isn't it amazing when you buy a new car or buy something? You know, even those colorbond moments, you just go, oh. You might do that once, but you won't do it too many times. They're saying now, being gratified by a great movie, Spider-Man, Iron Man, uh, The Avengers, awesome, I'm alive at last, woo, you walk out of the cinema, you are on fire, but two hours later, you're back to normal, but they're saying, psychologists say, that when you help someone, Or when you give, it can last weeks, months. It can last a lifetime. Whoo! So these momentary thrills and spills that we get from life, be careful that you don't uh, put a lot of emphasis on that. So life that that if filled with mostly with earth stuff and earth pursuits is going to be patently unsatisfying. 
I noticed a new article stating Starbucks chairman Howard Schultz. I think we've got a photo of him here. Schultz steps down. He's a 64-year-old uh, man. He's been with the company four decades. He built it into one, uh, one of the world's most powerful global brands. Under his leadership, the Seattle-based coffee shop chain went from 11 cafes to more than 28,000 in 77 countries. Uh, if you like coffee, you might find that absolutely amazing how it's grown that much. But in an interview with the New York Times, and, and I, I, I did mention worldwide, 77 countries, but I, I'm not sure if Australia is included in that. I don't think it is. In an interview with New York Times, Mr. Schultz did not rule out a run for president. Everyone wants to be president now. One of the things I want to do in my next chapter is to figure out if there is a role I can play in giving back. He said, I'm not exactly sure what that means yet. Obviously, he's very rich. He's accomplished great stuff in the, in the marketplace. But now he's at a place where he realized, oh my goodness, um, sons cry for destiny, fathers war for legacy. Sons cry, I want, my, I want my wife, I want my husband. Sons, young people I'm talking about, they cry out. That's what we did in getting this church. We want our own building. We want our own land. That's what Pastor Phil did and the team did. We want it. We're going to take it. Ah, no one's going to stop us. It's like Nadal on steroids. Ah, Rip the shirt off. We're coming for that 11 acres. Seven years on Chapman Hill, praying for the land. We prayed up there so long that the land started to disappear because the trees were growing up. We were, Frank, where's the, the land's disappearing? What's happening? He said, yeah, the trees are growing. Oh. Sons cry for destiny, but fathers war for legacy. I want my tenure here I want to be able to look back on it and say, guys, kids, young people, children's children, we provide a sacred space for you to come outside of the rain, out of the rain, into a warm building, cozy building, have your soup, hear the word of God, get some people saved. Not like, who was that Pastor Phil guy? 20, 25 years he was leading that church. And we're still in a factory bay. We're still in a tent. We're still in a school hall. Who was he when he was at home? No, they'll be saying, Pastor Phil and the team, Frank Flannery, Tim Phillips, Phil Cairns, my daughters, the Flaxmans. They were pioneers. They chopped the wood down, brought the water up from the river, cranked the jenny up, put the worship on, and we did church in our own building. We mightn't have had air conditioning for a good time, but we're going to get it. Because <laughs> fathers war for legacy, and I'm not going to leave a building without air conditioning, to, to tell you that. Vision and purpose are words we use all the time in, the, in our narrative as believers. Get this, it has been said, eyes that look are common. But eyes that see are rare. Sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. There is no greater source of hope and confidence than that of vision. Great, every great act that has positively impacted human history was a result of vision. Vision is the key to unity. The magnet of commitment, the people we've had committed to this vision has been amazing but they've been committed to the vision. Not just some idle vision, but strong vision, just like I'm declaring now. Vision is the key to, the, to unity, the magnet of commitment, and the motivational stimulus for personal and corporate discipline. Quote Dr. Miles Munro, talking about the principles and the power of vision. I tell you guys, this is the key for your personal life. Get vision for your health. Get vision for your business. Get vision for your career. Get vision for your wife, your husband. Get vision. See it in your mind's eye. Acts 2.16 says, no, 
This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In verse 21, I've got to put that in there. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you can see vision is crucial. Crucial to seeing what God is doing in the world. Vision is the source and hope of life. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Nothing noble or noteworthy on earth was ever done without vision. No invention, development, or great feat was ever accomplished without the inspiring power of this mysterious source called vision. Civilizations were born and developed through the, the driving power of a visionary leader. Vision is the key to unlocking the gates of what was and what is, to propelling us into the land of what could be and has not yet been. Amen? Vision sets you free from the limitations of what the eyes can see and allows you to enter into the liberty of what the heart can feel. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and unknown possible. Vision is the foundation of courage and the fuel of persistence. Our world today is in desperate need of vision. The wise king of Israel, Solomon, stated in the book of Proverbs, while there... Where there is no vision, the people perish. It says in Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. They dwell carelessly, another version says. They go wild, another version says. See, without vision, you'll do crazy stuff with your finances. You'll buy something that you don't even need. Six weeks later, it's on the front lawn for council pickup. But with vision, God, this is your money. I give you a tithe, the Bible says the rest is holy now, and I treat it as still your money. Will I buy that? Will I do that? I love when people tell me they get bargains. I was looking for that in the shop window. It was $200. And then I walked by it two weeks later, and they had reduced it to $80. Oh, yes. I bought it because God allowed me to buy it. And it was, it was the desire of my heart to have that. But he said, wait, wait. Don't waste my money on paying full price. Wait for it to become the right price. Is that right? And that's how we treat God's money. It's not for you to abuse and use. When you don't have vision, you abuse your life, your body. If you don't have vision for health, you abuse your body. You don't treat it like it should be treated. It's a vessel of the Holy Spirit. But if you have vision, you be careful what you put in it, how many movies that you watch, how much junk you listen to. You be careful. Your body is a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Vision. I'm nearly done. Where the, and what does vision mean in this scripture? In Proverbs, the wise king of Israel, Solomon, stated in the book of Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. It, it, it's, it's like this, where there is no revelation of the future, redemptive plans of God, people throw off self-control, personal discipline and restraint. And of course, vision is the source of personal and corporate discipline. Can I have that image up there? You'll not always be motivated to give, to be a vision builders, but you've got to be disciplined, amen? Dr. Miles Monroe says, God created you to exalt and bring glory to His name. When you bear fruit, God is glorified. His name is exalted. Whenever you use the ability stored in you, the resources that you have, the whole purpose for your being to reflect and increase the glory of God is fulfilled whenever you use your potential. God works hard to keep us connected with Him and with others to fill the earth with His glory through us. I'm loving this stuff. I'm loving this stuff. Father in heaven, we come before you and say, God, we are amazed. 
Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God is a God of purpose. See, not every purpose is known or understood because we've become so dim, dim, witted almost. We've become dull of hearing. We, 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 we don't know what God's will is for our life, for our church, for the nation. Even now, people are still not realizing what God is doing down in Melbourne with the Awakening Australia. What? What? People are going, what? What? what, what what's God trying to do? Well, we are here Tuesday night praying and opening the heavens and declaring, God, that's your will. We see it. We want it. Bring it on. Awaken Australia. Awaken this region. See, the scripture says in Corinthians that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, what, I, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. I didn't know He prepared this land, this church. I didn't know He prepared that. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. See, folks, it's all about making room in your heart for God's vision. It's making room when you get saved in your heart for your friend, your brother and your sister, your neighbor, even your enemy. Make room for them. Pray for them. Pray. Make room. And then, if your heart is strength, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, because more are the children of the desert woman than the one who has a husband. Lengthen your cords of your heart. Stretch your heart. And then, you'll see the vision of C3 Tugra, that it is a pasture of His love, that it is a sacred place where God is searching out His sheep, it says in Ezekiel. I'm searching out my sheep, my lost sheep, and I want to bring them back to the pasture of my presence, a place, a refuge of love, a church called C3 Tugra. I want to bring them back whereby they can feel and know God's loving kindness in this sacred space. When I was building my own house, I'd walk into the upper room of Jilly's upper room, bedroom, Oh, I just struggled finishing it. I was caught up in revival and I was trying to bang nails in and soar and build. And I had it all up. I had the roof on and the walls up, Tim, but I had no, had no walls, no lining. Just like C3, if you walk into the C3 room, it's got no lining. The insulation's there. And I used to walk in there and go, oh, Dad, can I have a party in here? Can I have my friends? I mean, she's about 16 at that stage. Can I have my friends? I want, I want to have a sleepover in the room, and, and I want to have a party in my room, but it's got no lining, so I don't care. It's still space that I want to... It's my space, and I want to have a party in it. And I remember being so grieved, and I'm thinking, oh, I wish it was finished. I wish it was so finished. I had the vision... But I nearly fell short without the resource, without the funds, without the perseverance and the tenacity to bring it. There was another part of my house where this geo, geometrical, geo, geometry will help me, geometrical nightmare of a, of a help me with this guys, a, a point on my roof. Builders would know it. Apex. I had one builder show me, he said, it's easy, Phil, you built all this, you can do it. Look, and he scribbled with the builder's, uh, uh, builder's pencil, scribbled in the ground. He said, look, there it is, you can do it, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I can do it, great. I looked at it when he left, I said, I can't do that. What's, what's he talking about? I, I don't even know what that guy was talking about. He jigged me right up. I had another builder, good friend. I said, I'm really stuck, it's been three months now, I haven't been able to put that peak on the front of my house. 
I don't know how to tie it in. I don't know how, how they do it. He said, Phil, it's so easy. It goes like this. Again, builder's pencil, scribbled in the ground. It's like this. You just do it like this. And you know that. You got it, have you? Yeah, yeah, I think I got it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. He left and I didn't get it. I was still stuck. I said, a couple of weeks later, I said, I've got to do this. I had a colorbond moment and I'm looking back up at my house and I'm looking at it in my mind's eye and God gave me vision of how to put it together. The Holy Spirit taught me. To John says the Holy Spirit will teach you. When you have the Holy Spirit, it will teach you. And I looked at it and I got this surge. I know what to do. Where's my nail bag? Where's my saw? Julie said, what are you doing? I'm going to put that peak on. I'm going to do it. It's done. It's done. We're in this building, but there's more to go, church. Let's stand up. God bless you. Father in heaven, you've given us time. You've given us space. It is sacred. Time is sacred. Space is sacred. Your space of your body is sacred. This church is sacred. The land that we've taken is sacred. This pasture of your love is sacred, Lord God. We lay claim to it with a spirit of prosperity, with a spirit of victory and ruling and reigning in you with vision in our eyes, vision in our heart. We see this place filled with people. Lord, but our commitment, our sacrifice, our faith needs to arise. I declare now, let faith arise. Let faith arise in this house and let us finish this house. Let us finish it. Now, 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 now. I can tell when you don't have faith for this house. If I was to ask you to lift hands and ask you to lift your hands if you have not been in the kids' church and seen the progress of late. Because I know this, if you had faith, every time you came into this church, you would make a beeline for that door, you would open the door and go, where are we at now? What, what's my funds doing now? Where are we at now? But some people have been wounded in their emotions of expecting stuff, of desiring stuff. You can't believe for a preferred future. You've been banged up on the inside. You've stopped believing for your best life. Does that make sense? You're emotionally banged up. I can't believe, Pastor Phil, for your vision. I can't even believe for my own life, my own family, my own life. And you're asking me to believe in C3 Vision, to be a vision builders. I am. Because the Bible says when you build His house in Hosea, it says when you build His house, He will build yours. Spiritually, physically, He will build your marriage. He will build your finances. He will build you spiritually, physically, emotionally. He will build your life. The Bible says in Haggai, there is two houses. There is your house and there is God's house. You live in your paneled houses and you put money in your pocket with holes in it. Meaning that when we deprive the house of God of the funding and of the tithe, it's seemingly like you just haven't got enough money to go around. But the people I see giving to God generously, they've got more than enough. In fact, it's running over into other good causes. I've just seen this guy all my life. I've just seen it. The people who are generous and giving, they're being blessed. They're a work in motion. God is building their house. And unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. If you're trying to build your spiritual house, I mean your financial house without God, you're laboring in vain. You've got pockets with holes in it. You've got to commit to God's house. You've got to commit to God's vision. And then He will build you. Then He will build you. You and your marriage, your family, your business. And He will build this church. Father, oh Father, thank You for a church that can hear it straight, that can take a joke, 
The UFO joke was a low blow. I know I apologize for that. But Lord, Lord, I am absolutely serious with everything else I've said. We see it. Would you open our eyes? Okay, I've got a prayer. This is it. I'm done. I had so much more to speak on. Build the house of faith and move in. Oh, love to have spoken that. But my time is gone. Okay, here's my prayer for you. Some of you might have deferred your ability to prosper because your hope of the future has been wounded. If you're one of those people, here is a good prayer to pray where you can't muster up the expectation anymore or you just feel like the desires of your heart. What is the desire? A strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. What's expectation? The same thing almost. Let me pray this prayer as we break you through to a day of prosperity, a day of great success in your whole life. Let me pray this prayer over you. I expect you, God, to meet me at every corner. I expect your presence to overtake me when I least expect you to help me. I expect and desire the best that you have for me. I expect you to open my eyes to that which I have not been able to see or attain. I mean to pray big, God. I know that you delight in me and long to make my desires the same as your best for me. Restore me and redeem the wasted time linked with the past failings. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your commitment for 2017, 2018. But church, be encouraged, be inspired to go again, to believe again. That which you give, it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, runneth over. It will be measured back into your lap. That which you can't outgive God, God is not a debtor of anyone. Every dollar you sow, every increment of faith that you sow, all that you sow in the hard times, all that you sow in the valley, all that you sow on the mountain, it shall come back to you as a mighty testimony of someone who's been committed, someone who's been tenacious of seeing out the vision for your life, for your, for your business, for your church, for your region. Come on, let's see you. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.